Well, hey, Rally, I'm so excited to be with you tonight. And if this is your first time at Rally, I just want to say a huge welcome to you. Uh, my name is Josh Bull. My wife and I get to, the chance to lead Rally alongside an amazing team across the state of South Carolina. I just pray that you feel so welcome tonight, that you'll be a part of the family, be a part of what God is doing all across the state of South Carolina. And Rally, I just want to say to you, I am so proud of you and so proud of what God is doing all across the state. We are seeing God do great things in and through Rally. And tonight we're going to be talking about this idea of the future. Uh, a lot of us have questions when it comes to the future. We, we wrestle with, what will I do with my life? What will my career be? What will my life look like? Where will I live? Who will I marry? We ask these questions about the future. We wonder what will happen in the future. And we've been talking about this idea at Rally about the future is now. And what we mean by this is that Right now, you can shape the future of tomorrow. And we want to wrestle through this question of the future. Questions about eternity and death and heaven and hell and these things that sometimes can feel almost mystical and confusing when it comes to the future. Tonight, I want to give a simple message and fix your eyes upon the beauty of Jesus and let that hopefully inform the way in which we will live. The story that we're going to read of and let it shape our, our conversation tonight is found in the book of John chapter 20. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. And to give you a little bit of context about this passage of Scripture, what we read about is Jesus' exchange with a lady named Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, to, to give you some context, had been a follower of Jesus. She had seen the life of Jesus. Jesus had actually cast demons out of her life. She had experienced great healing from Jesus. But she had witnessed the life of Jesus. She had witnessed him turning cities upside down, miracles and people's lives being radically transformed by his life. But there was a horrific day that she was a part of. This was Jesus' crucifixion, his execution. And don't just hear this story like you've heard it before. We just celebrated Easter, but I want you to feel the reality that Jesus died, that he was brutally tormented, tortured, publicly shamed upon a cross in front of many people. And he died for you, and he died for me. He took the sin and the shame and the brokenness of the world upon himself and he would die in our place, but with a purpose. And we read about this in John 19 that Mary Magdalene is witnessing this death. She is witnessing this horrific moment. She watches as a spear goes through Jesus' side, the blood dripping down his body. She sees this. Do you imagine the heartache and the hopelessness because she had put trust in this man that she had seen these things and you can feel the grief and the heartache that she's watching this man who she cared so deeply for hanging upon that cross and Jesus would go on to take his last breath. Jesus would die. Do you feel the weight of that 
Do you feel the weight of Jesus' death? Jesus died. We read about in John 20 that three days later, Jesus will go to the tomb where Jesus' body had been laid to rest and she finds that the tombstone has been rolled to the side and she looks inside and there's no body to be found in this tomb. And immediately she's distressed and she's confused because she thinks someone has come and taken his body out of the tomb and she thinks Jesus has been humiliated enough. Who did this? And she would go and tell Peter and some of the disciples and they too would run out to the tomb and see inside this tomb that it was empty. And they would go and leave and distressed and heartache and Mary is crying, she's upset and she has an exchange with some angels and then there's an exchange which I want to look at in John 20 verse 14. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? And who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, feel this, feel this. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them all that these, and she told them that he had said these things to her. We read about that Mary has witnessed this moment. She has seen the risen Jesus, that she is perplexed and amazed because she was so distressed and heartbroken. Now she's witnessing the resurrection of Jesus. One of the first people to witness the resurrection of Jesus. And she would go and tell the disciples about the resurrection of Jesus. And so this brings us to this moment where we have to wrestle through, why does the resurrection matter? What's the big deal about the resurrection? And friends, I would say to you that the resurrection changes everything. It changes everything. It changes the way we live. It changes our life. It changes everything. Have you ever had a moment in life where everything changes? Have you ever had a moment, maybe it was when you started dating that girl, and it's like, oh my gosh, this changes everything. Maybe you got accepted into that school that you've been hoping to get accepted into, you're like, oh my gosh, this changes everything. You get that job that you've been hoping for, it's like, this changes everything. One of the moments in my life that drastically changed everything for me, it was an ordinary day but became a day that I'll never forget. I sat down to have lunch at our, our living room table and all of a sudden Taylor, my wife, slides across a mug on the table and on that mug it said, Dad. And within that mug was a pregnancy test and I'm like shocked. I'm like, what? 
and immediately in my head, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting pranked. Like, I'm like, where's the, where's the camera? Like, is this going on YouTube as a viral video or something? She's like, no, it's real. I'm pregnant. And I'm just moved with these emotions of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a child. Like, this is crazy, man. And we will go on to, to, well, not really we, more so Taylor will grow a baby. Like, shout out to the women who, who are superheroes. Like, I'm watching my wife grow a human being inside of them. Like, that is insane to me. And shout out to all the men. You've got you to be good to your wives. You know, like, it's a little bit emotional, a little bit crazy. But we're, she's growing this child within her. And we come to the game day of childbirth. And my whole life I had had told people like, hey, I'm not good with needles. I'm not good with blood. Like there's a very high possibility on whenever it's game day that, that I have a child that I could faint. Like I've got to be honest with you. And sure enough, game day comes around and I've done my best to throw disclaimers out there. And I'm in the shower and I kid you not, I'm talking to myself and I'm like, Josh, this is the game day. Be strong for your wife. Like I'm giving myself a, a pregame speech and Taylor all of a sudden starts dying laughing because she can hear me in, in, in the bedroom. I'm like, babe, shut up. Like I've got, to be, I've got to be on my game today. And anyway, we go to the hotel, and I'll save you the details, but it was wild. They put a, they put a chair behind me so I wouldn't faint from, from the moment. But I watched this moment where my son comes out of my wife. It's this miracle moment. And I look at this child, and, and I move with emotion of, like, I hold him. And I'm like, I will give you everything, my bank account, my life. It all is for you. I will live my life for you, man. And I move with this love for this child, and... Now I watch movies and I start crying when I see father-son scenes and I never used to cry before. Like everything has changed in me because of this child. And I will put before you that just like a child coming into your life can change everything, that this moment that we read of, of Jesus' resurrection changes everything. This is the crescendo moment for the Christian faith, that Jesus defeats death and he is alive. This is significant. Do you feel the weight of the reality of Jesus's resurrection? It changes everything. And Jesus is alive. He is not dead, but he is alive. And so we must wrestle with and ask the question, well, why does the resurrection matter? And I'll put before you that Without the resurrection, our faith is useless. Our, 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 what we believe means nothing. Because without the resurrection, I'll read you the words of Paul and let him speak to you. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If Christ was not raised from the dead... Our preaching is useless. We are lost in the weight of our sin. We are dead and lost. And we are people who should be pitied and laughed at. Because without the resurrection, Jesus is simply a good man and we are gullible fools. This is the reality that if Jesus did not defeat death, then our Christian faith crumbles. Our faith hinges upon disbelief in the resurrection. N.T. Wright says that the world could cope with a Jesus who remains a wonderful idea, but not a Jesus who comes out of the tomb. 
who inaugurates God's new creation right in the middle of the old one. Jesus, in this moment, defeats death and is alive, that we put our faith and trust in this, and we read about when we study this, that the facts stack up, that people, there is multiple accounts of people looking and seeing that the tomb is empty. But not only is the tomb empty, there are witness accounts to the life that Jesus had, had risen from the grave. Jesus appears to a variety of people. There is record, records of, of these accounts and interactions. But not only that, we look and we see the impact upon history of the resurrection of Jesus. That the majority of disciples would ultimately lay down their life because they had seen Jesus' resurrection. They would say, hey, I'm prepared to die for this because I'm so confident in it. And if this was fake news or a made-up mythical story, they could get as close to death. And if it was fake, they'd be like, ah, we made it up. Just playing. <laughs> Man, we just made it up. It was a cool idea, but you don't really need to kill me. But that's not what happened. Multiple, multiple, multiple people laid down their lives because of the reality of the resurrection. And we now today live in the wake of the sacrifices of generation after generation. We look at church history and these things of the outworking of the gospel of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. So it begs the question, if, if the resurrection matters then how will we live? You have to ask the question, then how will you live your life in reality and wake of understanding that Jesus defeated death and is alive? The first thing that I would put before you is that we have to see Jesus. Another way to put it is we need to have an eternal perspective. In this story that we read of, of Mary and Jesus, there's a moment where he says her name and her eyes are open to the beautiful wonder of Jesus' resurrection body, that she sees Jesus. Do you see Jesus? Do you see him in your life that there is an offer on the table to have an everyday relationship with Jesus? You don't just have to come to church on a Sunday or a rally occasionally, but no, you can have an everyday relationship with Jesus because of the resurrection. That you can wake up early in the morning and sit down with your coffee and spend time in his presence. That you can know God in a personal way, that it's not just some mythical idea out there, but because of the resurrection, you can see and know Jesus. Everything changes for Mary because she's witnessed this reality that Jesus is alive. And Jesus calls her by name. And it's the same for you and it's the same for me, that Jesus calls us by name. You see, Jesus comes because of the wake of the resurrection and he restores people. Jesus could have done anything after his resurrection, he could have gone to those soldiers who killed him and be like, what up, fools? I'm back. He could have gone to the political leaders and say he couldn't do it. But what does he do? He decides to appear to his friends. Of all the things Jesus could have done after the resurrection, 
he goes to his friends and they see Jesus. And it's out of that restoration of seeing the risen Jesus that they will go and take the beauty and the wonder of Jesus to the people around them and live their lives because of that. Jesus gives his, the future back to his people. Peter had denied Jesus and all of a sudden he's preaching and leading so significantly in the early church. Thomas had all these doubts about Jesus, but then he sees the scars of Jesus and he too is a key player in the early church. Jesus restores people because of the resurrection. And I would say to you, friend, that Jesus went to the tomb so that you don't have to go to the grave. That Jesus took the brokenness of humanity upon his shoulders upon that cross and he went to the grave and he came out and is alive. But he did not bring that brokenness and shame back to heap back upon you. No, he is the redeemer, he is the restorer and that's what he does in wake of the resurrection. Do you see Jesus? Do you live your life with an eternal perspective, understanding the beauty and the wonder of who he is? Because I think we've compartmentalized the Christian life into just something over here. But no, friend, do you see the beauty and the wonder of Jesus? That the Word of God can shape you, that you can know Jesus. Don't just settle for mediocre Christian Western Southern Christianity. There is so much more abundant life in Jesus. Tim Keller says that the resurrection was God's way of stamping paid in full right across history so that nobody could miss it. This is the crescendo moment. Jesus defeated death. The tomb is empty. He paid it in full. Sin has lost its power. And we get to know Jesus. Do you see Jesus? Then the second thing is, will you live for Jesus. I think this story is so beautiful that Mary had experienced the healing touch of Jesus, that she had these demons cast out of her. She had watched Jesus's lifestyle, but now she is witnessing the resurrection of Jesus. And she will go on to be a key player in the early church We read about in Acts 1, the the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and she's a part of it. And she can tell people, hey, Jesus changed my life. He, He cast those demons out of me. I watched him heal people. I watched him turn cities upside down. But not only that, I watched him die. But then I watched him defeat death. I watched these people set their life on fire for the good news of Jesus, and I can tell you about it. Will you live your life for Jesus? Because can you imagine, it says that she goes to the disciples. Could you imagine she's running? She said, I've seen Jesus. And she's running as fast as she can to go and tell the disciples and say, I have seen the Lord. That's what the resurrection does. It puts joy within us of like, God is so good. Let me go and tell the world. We don't have to play this game that we 
wait until we die for the resurrection to have impact upon our life because I think if we're honest, we understand this reality that Jesus defeated the death, okay, I believe that, and then he's alive, okay, I believe that, so I put my trust in him, now I've got my ticket to heaven, and now what do I do? I live my career, I make my decisions for my family, I do all these things, but if we understand this reality, it's not just a ticket to heaven one day, but it's an invitation into kingdom life today. And that's the beauty of the resurrection, that eternal life started at an empty tomb and you and I can live in that reality. You know, your life can impact someone's forever. Your life can have an impact on people's eternity. Your life can have a great impact on the people around you. And I will propose to you, it's not the way of the world in which we experience abundant life. If you hear one big thing from me tonight, I hope it's this, that an empty tomb leads to a full life. What I mean by that is we live in a day and age in culture where we think a full life is how much money is in our bank account, how much fame and influence we could have, how successful we are by the world standards. We want to attain these things. But by when we understand we want to live for Jesus, it's no, I understand the beauty of Jesus and who he is. I want to become more like him. I want to be with Jesus. I want to act more like Jesus. That's why I want to spend time with Jesus. I want him to be in my everyday moments and understanding there's an invitation for a relationship on the table. I want to live a life that serves other, that empties myself of of, of my life and give generously and lay my life down and worry way less about what I'm doing with my life and who am I becoming. We put so much pressure on what we do and we miss the invitation to become more like Jesus because the resurrection offers radical relationships. That's what it does, that you forever can know Jesus and it can change the way you approach your career, it can change the way you lead your family one day, it can change everything. And it's not just supposed to be this little thing over the the side, no, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I wanna become more like you. I wanna live for you. Mary experienced this beautiful healing when it came to the demons being cast out of her, but she witnessed the most historic, beautiful moment and she would go on to live for Jesus. And it was the same for the disciples when they witnessed Jesus. And it's the same for you and I today that Jesus is alive. So we have to ask the question, how will we let it inform the way in which we will live? Philip Yancey says this, and I love this. In many respects, I find an unresurrected Jesus easier to accept. Easter makes him dangerous. Because of Easter, I have to listen to his extravagant claims and can no longer pick and choose from his sayings. Moreover, Easter means he must be loose somewhere out there. Jesus is alive, friends. So that's why we read the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we see the lifestyle that Jesus invites us into, and we say, I want that. So how will you live your life? How will you live 
for your future. I'll never forget the moment I was standing on a stage similar to this at my mom's funeral. And she was young, she was only 48 years old when she passed away suddenly at night one time. Me and Taylor had jumped on a plane, we flew back to Australia, and we're in the emotional chaos of trying to come to grips with the reality that my mom had suddenly passed in her sleep. But we had to plan this funeral, and it felt weird to plan my mom's funeral. And I'll never forget, as a child, my mom would talk openly about her future funeral with us as her kids. She would say, Josh, I don't want a dark, gloomy funeral one day. I don't want everyone to wear black and, and feel sad and these things. I want it to be, feel fun. I want people to wear colors. I want people to laugh and I want people to celebrate. And so we had this idea in my mind and I thought it would be decades until this day. But there we stood at her funeral and I stood on this stage looking out upon this crowd as I was leading my mom's funeral. And I could see color everywhere. I could see people celebrating and laughing when it felt wrong to laugh and thinking about the life that my mom had lived. And I remember looking in the middle of the auditorium and there was a group of about 20 people wearing purple t-shirts because that was my mom's favorite color. And there were my mom's co-workers at the childcare center that she worked at. And we were there celebrating the life that she had lived in the midst of pain and heartache. And you know what we weren't saying? We weren't talking about the influence that she had accumulated. We weren't talking about how many Instagram followers she had. We weren't talking about the, 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 the money in her bank account. We were talking about the way she made people feel. I can tell you now, I, I will never forget being shocked at how many people were in the room. Because I used to have this weird thing as a child where I'd look at my mom and almost feel a little bit angry at her because she would always say this to me. I just want to be the best mom I can be. That's my dream in life. I used to tell, be, feel angry almost at that, like, mom, dream for bigger things, do more things. She had this dream to be the best mom she could be. And she just wanted to be faithful. And here's this room full of people and thousand odds people watching on Facebook. And I tell you, my mom would be mind blown at how many people were there. And they were all there because of the way that she made them feel. The impact on a life in front of her, faithfulness in front of her. And here I am today telling you about this because your life will leave a legacy. Just like my mom maybe isn't on earth right now, but she, I believe, is in heaven, and one day we, we will be reunited because of resurrection. And I can boldly get up in front of you and say, just like Paul talks about death, where is your sting? And that is because of the resurrection of Jesus. And so I ask you the question today, how will you live your life? Every single one of us will leave a legacy. 
Will it be for your fame, your influence, what you can do for you? Or will you give your life away, want to become more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, and understand because of the resurrection, you can have an impact on the world around you? The resurrection matters. And an empty tomb leads to a full life. Would we be a community who understand that we want to leave a legacy? And stop stressing about trying to live up to the world's standards. But no, I want to become more like Jesus. I want to spend time with Him. I want the Holy Spirit to transform my life. and Be faithful with the things that are in front of me. And that is the kind of people that I want to be. A people who understand the reality of the resurrection. That we see and behold Jesus. And the wonder of who He is. And out of that we will live for Jesus. That, my friends, is why I believe the resurrection matters. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we are so thankful that you are not dead, but you are alive. And we put our faith and trust in you. And God, we want to say we see you. Help us live with an eternal perspective and live for you. Let us leave a legacy that honors you, God. We trust you. And God, I pray your blessing upon rally. Help us to be this kind of people. We don't worry about the future, but we trust you and want to become more like you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.